Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat Friday night at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we enter into the virtual Torah house every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in his Torah house. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yehovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion Vayakel, and it means, and he assembled. Exodus 39, 1-43 Of the blue, purple, and crimson yarns, they also made the service vestments for officiating in the sanctuary. They made Aaron's sacral vestments, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The ephod was made of gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine, twisted linen. 
They hammered out sheets of gold and cut threads to be worked into designs among the blue, the purple, and the crimson yarns, and the fine linen. They made for it attaching shoulder pieces. They were attached at its two ends. The decorated band that was upon it was made like of it, of one piece with it, of gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine twisted linen, as Hashem had commanded Moses. They bordered the lazuli stones with frames of gold, engraved with seal engravings of the names of the sons of Israel. They were set on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as stones of remembrance for the Israelites, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The breastpiece was made in the style of the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarns and fine twisted linen. It was square. They made the breastpiece doubled, a zeret in length and a zeret in width doubled. They set in it four rows of stones. The first row was a row of carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald. The second row, a turquoise, sapphire, and an amethyst. The third row, a jacinth, an agate, and a crystal. The fourth row, a beryl, lapis lazuli, and a jasper. They were encircled in their mountings with frames of gold. The stones corresponded in number to the names of the sons of Israel, twelve corresponding to their names, engraved like seals, each with its name for the twelve tribes. On the breastpiece they made braided chains of corded work in pure gold. They made two frames of gold and two rings of gold, and fastened the two rings at the two ends of the breastpiece, attaching the two golden cords to the two rings at the ends of the breastpiece. They then fastened the two ends of the cords to the two frames, attaching them to the shoulder pieces of the ephod at the front. They made two rings of gold and attached them to the two ends of the breastpiece at its inner edge, which faced the ephod. They made the two other rings of gold and fastened them on the front of the ephod, low on the two shoulder pieces, close to its seam above the decorated band. The breastpiece was held in place by a cord of blue from its rings to the rings of the ephod, so that the breastpiece rested on the decorated band and did not come loose from the ephod, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The robe for the ephod was made of woven work, of pure blue. The opening of the robe in the middle of it was like the opening of a coat of mail, with a binding around the opening so that it would not tear. On the hem of the robe they made pomegranates of blue, purple, and crimson yarns twisted. They also made bells of pure gold and attached the bells between the pomegranates, all around the hem of the robe between the pomegranates. A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate, all around the hem of the robe for officiating in, as Hashem had commanded Moses. They made the tunics of fine linen, of woven work for Aaron and his sons, and the headdress of fine linen, and the decorated turbans of fine linen, and the linen breeches of fine twisted linen, and sashes of fine twisted linen, blue, purple, and crimson yarns done in embroidery, as Hashem had commanded Moses. They made the frontlet for the holy diadem of pure gold, and incised upon it the seal inscription, Holy, 
to Hashem. They attach to it a cord of blue to fix it upon the headdress above, as Hashem had commanded Moses. Thus was completed all the work of the Mishkan, of the tent of meeting. The Israelites did so, just as Hashem had commanded Moses, so they did. Then they brought the Mishkan to Moses with the tent, and all its furnishings, its clasps, its planks, its bars, its posts, and its sockets. The covering of tanned ram skins, the covering of dolphin skins, and the curtain for the screen, the Aron Habrit and its poles, and the cover, the table, and all its utensils, and the bread of display, the pure menorah, its lamps, lamps in due order, and all its fittings, and the oil for lighting, the mitzbayah or altar of gold, the oil for anointing, the aromatic incense, and the screen for the entrance of the tent, the copper mitzbayah with its copper grating, its poles and all its utensils, and the laver and its stand, the hangings of the enclosure, its posts and its sockets, the screen for the gate of the enclosure, its cords and its pegs, all the furnishings for the service of the Mishkan, the tent of meeting, the service vestments for officiating in the sanctuary, the sacral vestments of Aaron the Kohen, and the vestments of his sons for priestly service. Just as Hashem had commanded Moses, so the Israelites had done all the work. And when Moses saw that they had performed all the tasks, as Hashem had commanded, so had they done. Moses blessed them. Mark 16, 1-20 And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came to the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were frightened. And he said to them, Be not afraid. Do you seek Yeshua of Nazareth, which was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. Behold, the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. There you shall see him, as he said to you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Yeshua was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And when she went and told them that she had been with him, as they mourned and wept, and they, when they had heard that he was alive and had seen of her, they did not believe it. After he appeared in another form to two of them, as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it to the residue, neither believed they them. 
Afterward he appeared to the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. I'd like to speak to you from Mark chapter 16. And in this chapter we see that Yeshua is risen, and Mary discovers the empty tomb, and the angel tells him that he's not here. Go tell the disciples that you will see him at the Galilee. And his final closing words to his disciples. Let's start in verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I want to tell you a true story of a dear friend of mine who is a prayer leader of a national network. And almost a year ago, back in February of 2020, when the coronavirus pandemic first began to display and manifest in the United States, um, she tells the story that she began to display the symptoms of the coronavirus. She had tremendous pain in her lungs. She had difficulty breathing. And immediately she spoke to the devil and she quoted these verses from Mark chapter 16, verse 18. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. She spoke out that verse and then she said, No, in the name of Yeshua, I do not accept this virus into my body. No. And she came against it through prayer. And almost immediately, the symptoms left her body. She did this in faith. She also got on the phone and she called a friend and the friend prayed with her and they continued to pray and lifted up the shield of faith. So that's um, a response to the coronavirus done in faith. Now, I don't know how many of you who are listening may have actually gotten the coronavirus and recovered from it or who have it right now as you're listening, 
or who've never had it, but you're afraid of getting it. Now I have another person I'm going to refer to, and it's a family member. And this family member was very much afraid of him and his family getting the coronavirus, wife and two kids, and isn't really walking with the Lord, um, has drifted away, and is much more of a secular mindset, worldly mindset. Um, so a lot of fear, tremendous amount of fear. I don't want to get coronavirus. I don't want my family to get it. So they've been in lockdown for an entire full year, have gone nowhere, have not had any guests come to their home. No one came over for Thanksgiving. No one came over for Christmas and all of that. And with all the precautions that they have taken, there was one little slip up and they met another family member, grandparents in the park, outdoors with masks on. But sadly, the grandmom works in the public and she was carrying the coronavirus and she didn't know she had it. And she got close to the grandson and gave him hugs. And then a week later, the little grandson has a fever. And even his dad, the family member now, has a fever. And it's kind of going through the whole family. They went in to get tested and the little grandson is is uh, sick, ha has tested positive for coronavirus. Now I want to take you to Job chapter 3. And in Job chapter 3, Job is now responding to all the terrible things that have happened to him. His children have died. He's terribly sick. He's got sores all over his body. He's lost all of his wealth and resources. All these calamities have come upon him. And in Job chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, it reads, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come to me. So this is huge. This is a big key. Job had fear in his heart that these calamities could or might happen to him. And that spirit of fear granted a permission slip to the enemy to attack him. He was walking in an element of fear. So even though he was a righteous man, uh, because he had that fear that these calamities might happen, it was an open door for the enemy to attack him. And so when I look at the situation of what I described in situation number two, the family member with the wife and the kids, and now the coronavirus is in their family and they're battling it. I believe what happened there was a, a permission slip was granted to the enemy. They were afraid of getting the coronavirus. And sure enough, they got it. So I just want to encourage you, no matter whether you've never had the coronavirus or you've had it and you recovered it, recovered from it, or, um, you know, maybe you have it now, do not walk in fear. And if you assess yourself and you sense and discern, I am afraid, all you have to do is pray a prayer of repentance. And here's how you can pray. Heavenly Father. I repent 
renounce and reject the spirit of fear of getting the coronavirus in my life. I repent of that fear. This permission slip is now canceled. Hasatan, spirit of fear, you leave in the name of Yeshua. I now close the door and seal it in the blood of Yeshua. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming now to my heart and healing me and speaking to me. You pray that prayer, and at the end, be quiet and listen, and he will speak to you. He may give you a scripture. He may give you an impression, um, a, a picture, a vision, but he will speak to you. So sometimes the fear associated to the virus is worse than the virus. And let me say, the mainstream media feeds the fear, makes it worse. They whip it up. They're, they're constantly streaming fear-mongering messages to make people afraid and to make them afraid so that they will take the vaccine. And that's a whole other topic. Uh, I will just say this. I personally am not going to take the vaccine, nor am I going to get tested. And there are some very good reasons why. Um, but we'll save that for another time. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah.